What up, what up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Padalano, and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, and investing with an emphasis on cash flowing real estate. Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings, and welcome to episode 13 What's Holding You Back? I'm Frank Padalano, and I'm here with Jimmy Murray to help you crush your goals in real estate. So, a couple weeks back, Frank had a bit of a viral post on Bigger Pockets. How many how many comments are you up to on Bigger Pockets on that post? So actually it's a couple it's a few months now and uh, we're at over 1900. So we felt that based on the response to Frank's post this would be a good opportunity to talk about some of the things that hold people back in real estate investing. And hopefully some of this hits home and hopefully we can help coach you through some of the roadblocks that you have, whether they be visible, invisible, imaginary, or actual roadblocks, and we can help you guys work through those. By the way, we coach you on this podcast. Before we jump in, we just want to dive into our background a little bit. Um, so if you haven't heard us before, I'm Jimmy Murray. Um, I have a background in finance, started out in real estate as a house hacker. By the age of 27, I was a corporate dropout. I co-own a property management company that manages just under 500 units in the Rhode Island and Southeastern Massachusetts area. The name of the company is Lion Property Management. And Frank here, I have a background in education. Uh, I started investing in real estate a little over 10 years ago. I own over 50 units in the local area. Uh, we've come down because where we are in the market, I've been selling a few. And I'm a partial owner of hundreds of doors in other parts of the country. And I had the opportunity to meet Frank back in 2015. And I don't via our local RIA group. Um, and I think one of the first times I reached out to Frank is when he got some bad publicity for being a tough landlord in the Projo. So the Projo is a local uh, newspaper, it's a Providence Journal. And Frank kind of pushed me aside, but I stayed diligent because um, I recognized he was a really savvy investor and he's, he's been a great mentor of mine along the way. Um, and beginning of this year is when we reached out to, to launch the Cashflow Kings podcast to give back a little bit. So that's our background, we're gonna dive into what holds us back? So Frank has compiled a list of the top responses on that roughly 1,900 response post on Bigger Pockets, and we're gonna help coach you guys through some of the some of the stages you're stuck at. There you go. So um, the biggest takeaway from this is that almost every single one is about fear. Yep. Fear of the unknown. Fear of this. Fear of that. Um, and the number one reason why people are being held back is what most people call analysis paralysis. Yep. So what is that, Jimmy? Yeah, so analysis paralysis is when even though you've, you've run the numbers, you're getting stuck on all of the what ifs. So I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. If you're getting stuck on what ifs, you're never going to solve for all of them, right? So you have to price as many as you can and just execute, right? So planning is one part. So I'm trying to think, Gary, Gary uh, Vaynerchuk has a famous quote, right? And, I, and it, he talks about how, I think his exact quote are, ideas are shit and execution is the game. So the same thing here, right? Like the analysis, the analysis up front is what you need to do, but execution is the game. That, that's what you guys need to do. So don't try to price all the what ifs. You know, find the analysis that works best for you, whether it be the 1% rule or the 50% rule, and work your way through it. But you're never going to price everything. No, so taking action is vital here. Uh, one of the things I like to, t 
tell people, especially through our mentoring program, is this uh, whole concept of... I don't know, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that uh, Oh, riding a bicycle. Okay, the first time you ride a bike, what's going to happen? You might fall off. Okay, that first time when you're a little toddler and you start walking, you're going to fall down. Same thing with real estate. You're going to make mistakes. You cannot expect or look for the perfect deal. Right. My goal is to pick one that cash flows and go for it. Yep. Okay, so obviously most people hop back on that bike. That little toddler eventually learns to walk and you're going to get better real estate by taking action. Absolutely. So that's how you work your way through analysis paralysis. One other way to work your way through analysis paralysis, find a mentor. Because that thing that you're stuck on in your analysis may not be that big of a deal. And whether it be you know a mentor through our program or mentoring through uh, another local member of your RIA or someone on bigger pockets, you guys should be able to find someone to help you through whatever you're stuck on. So another one, and this list is not necessarily in order. Okay. Uh, another one would be uh, having no time. I always hear that excuse. I have no time. I have no time. Yeah. So time all comes down to opportunity costs, right? So no time to gain an education, no time to find a deal, no time, you name it, right? So if you don't have time to manage a property once you buy it, hire a property manager. I got your back. Chris and I align, we can take care of you. Um, if you don't have the time to go out and find the deals, find a great realtor. That realtor will be able to take that time to go out and scrub the deals. So I think that that is like the biggest excuse that you should be able to very easily work around. It's more mindset related. Absolutely. T time is more about how you prioritize your time. Okay, so there are people that watch a lot of sports, and that's cool. And you and I enjoy going to a game once in a while, etc. But yep. if you're always doing that, that's time you could that you're giving up for real estate. If you love something, you need to spend time on it. Yeah. Okay. And so here's the other thing, right? So if you guys love to watch sports, I'm not saying that you have to stop because I'll be honest, uh, I went to Ohio State for college and on Saturdays in the fall when they're playing football, the world stops, right? And I'm just kidding. But legitimately, if you really want to watch that Boston Bruins game, Boston Celtics, Red Sox, whatever, whatever you want to watch, there's commercials, right guys? So if you can plug away for five minutes during the commercials to try and pick up some time there, there goes your excuse. You can blow it out of the water. Yeah, so to give an example um, for myself, when people tell me they have no time, it's like, hey, listen, for years I worked a full-time job, I worked a part-time job, I was doing seven days a week between the two, yep. plus I was self-managing, yep. plus I owned real estate that I had other people managing, plus I have three kids, plus I'm married at home with a wife, uh, plus I'm like a scout leader. Frank doesn't yeah. tell you that he's actually got 26 hours in the day. <laughs> Legitimately, if it's something that you want to do, you're going to find the time. And that's that's the biggest thing to overcome, having no time in terms of if you think that's what's holding you back. All right, so another one that people always worry about, it's a combination of uh, overpaying yeah. and maybe being in the wrong part of the market cycle. Okay, so my advice would be, the best time to plant a tree is now, or 25 years ago, right? I think that's how the saying goes. Yeah, yeah. So how we post on Instagram, uh, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. There it is, right? So the overpaying part, listen, we're at the stage of the cycle. We know that we're late. We're in a seller's two phase of the market. 
However, there are still deals to be had. You have to scrub. You have to go out and you have to go out to more listings. You have to scrub the numbers a little tougher. You may be paying a higher rate for cash flow, but there is still cash flow to be had. You just have to do more work to get there. Yeah. So uh, one of uh, the members of our local RIA, Craig uh, Picard, he was on a past podcast. He's talking about this right now. Real estate markets run in cycles. There's a top of the market, there's a bottom of the market. But that doesn't mean you can't find deals in all of them. Is it easier at the bottom of the market? Absolutely. You back up the truck and you start filling it. Right. Right now at the top of the market, you can still find needles in a haystack. So uh, at our local Rio last night, I gave a shout out to somebody that asked a question on bigger pockets. He showed up to our meeting. Uh, you might have missed that. You might have been out of the room networking. Yep. Um, but Eric's, I think, is his name. And uh, he went out there, took our advice, did some mailers, and found two properties in the last month. Killer. Yeah, and he's brand right. new to real estate. Killer. You know, he's actually, as far as I know, impending to buy two properties. That's awesome. So I, so the theme, I think, that you guys can probably pick up on here is that action's going to kill your excuses. Right, that's gonna that's gonna be the medicine that you have to take is action. So some parts of the country, um, you might make more money on appreciation. I, being a cash flow king, always worry about cash flow. Right. You know, so that's the so, main thing for me. So that's a good point, right? So if you're worried about overpaying in this stage of the market, are you worried about overpaying because you're not going to see the capital appreciation for maybe 10, 20 years down the road? Okay, but there are two ways to make. Well, there are millions of ways to make money in real estate but if we're looking at the primary ways to make money on a multifamily investment one is going to be cash flow and two is capital appreciation so at this stage of the market maybe that capital appreciation isn't going to happen until years down the road but you can still find a cash flowing asset yeah is it harder absolutely right but it's still possible absolutely yeah you think it's going to be all on mls though no, no, it's not going to be on an MLS. You're going to have to scrub some deals, maybe network with some wholesalers, but you can find something. Absolutely. I don't, I don't like this next one that's coming up. The, this one, <laughs> I'm going to put some energy into this one. Go ahead so, and lay it out. Uh, so not being educated enough? Yeah, so I think that this is the biggest bullshit excuse I've ever heard of. We're in the golden era of inf- era. There's the Rhode Island accent. I was just saying the Rhode Island accent. Right? Yeah. We are in the golden age. I'll change it to age so you don't hear my accent. We are in the golden age of information. The amount of information at our fingertips on a day-to-day basis is absolutely incredible. So if you have the excuse of not being educated enough, you just don't want it bad enough. Eric Thomas talks about how when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, that's when you'll be successful. So when I hear this not educated enough, you're lazy, flat out. I don't care if I'm offending people listening right now, but if you don't feel that you're educated enough, you're absolutely lazy because there are so many opportunities via podcast, and it doesn't have to be the cash flow kings. There are hundreds of real estate podcasts out there, thousands. You've got biggerpodcast.com, YouTube, and I'm sure that we could rattle off 10 to 20 others. Not being educated enough is absolutely the most BS excuse I've ever heard. Well, yeah, especially with all the free and low-cost options. I mean, there are people that spend big money. They might spend $25,000 on a program, and I'm... Uh, and that's I'm, fine. That's education. Yeah. But you... Honestly, 
in today's age, you really don't have to spend a dime. If you really want to put in a ton of work, but this goes back to opportunity cost. If you don't want to put in a ton of work, or sorry, if you don't want to put in a ton of money, hundreds of free resources, right? Absolutely. If you want to put in a little bit of money, your local RIA. I think our local RIA is a hundred bucks a year, right? For, you know, call it, I don't know, 30 to 40 hours of information on an annual basis on top of networking for free. 90% of the time when I'm driving, I'm either on the phone, networking, or I'm listening to a podcast. Yep. And that's what Zig Ziglar refers to as Automobile University. So I know that most of you are probably out there listening to your trap rappers as you're cruising, cruising down the road. Throw in a podcast. You're going to learn so much more than the mumble rap that you're probably listening to. That's funny. All right. So next one. Uh, no deals locally. Yeah. So I... I'm going to go with that's the grass is always greener mentality. And I'm not saying there aren't deals in other parts of the country. This kind of goes to the next one. It says better returns out of state. But if there's better returns out of state, that might not always be 100% accurate. You're just looking at all the positives. Yeah, so that's a good point. Um, so the joke that we have inside the Lion office is that based on the realtor, you know what the over-under is on the cap rate that they actually publish. So some realtors may tell you it's an 8% cap rate when it's like a four, and then other more seasoned realtors, they're gonna leave things out like property management, CapEx, but you know if they publish an 8% cap rate, it's probably like a seven. So when I hear no deals locally or better return out of state, that's what I think about. You just don't know the over-under of the realtors that are listing it. Cause you can go look out in Ohio and they'll publish an 11% cap rate, but is it real? Probably not. This this is where Frank burns over pro forma numbers, right? Because that 11% is probably coming out of a pro forma that is like perfect scenario of how the building could operate and it's missing three expense lines. Pro forma equals fictional math. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's that's going to have to become a new saying, right? Um, but yeah, no deals locally just means you're not looking hard enough. And a better return out of state means you probably just don't know any better. Right? But that doesn't mean that you can reach out virtually and build a team out there to coach you to really understand if there is a better return out of state. It's not impossible. It, it just takes more work. Because one of the things, and I wouldn't say this is just a Rhode Island thing, but you ever heard the, ter the term like six degrees of separation, the number of people that know each other? In yeah, Rhode Island, we so like to say yeah, it's like, like two degrees right, of separation. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So for example, um, I'm sitting in the Lion office right now and... Uh, the, the partners here are talking about, what's this bill on this credit card? What's this amount? And they gave a person's name. I said, I know that name. Let me look it up. And I said, oh, yeah, pest control. Yep, and figured then out we figured out, even though it's just like a little credit card line item, just because so many people are connected to each other in Rhode Island. Yeah. You know, and, but I'm sure it's like that in other parts of the country. Maybe not as much. The deals that you get locally are from your connections and your network. Okay. Your network is your net worth. Okay, if you build a stronger network, you'll be able to find deals. There's a property right now that we just uh, evicted someone. We're going to be selling it. We are not going to do the full rehab. We could. We had it under contract. Go ahead. <laughs> Two days after evicting the, the tenant, right? So within, within the first 48 hours, we had two local rehabbers out to the property. And within a day and a half, so by noon the next day, we had two offers on the property. All cash offers, working with local hard money lenders. But that's how quick it can happen when you have the right network. So we realized this wasn't one that we wanted to flip, and it was one that we just wanted to raise the capital and move on. We made sure that there was enough meat on the bone for the flippers. 
And we're going to close in less than two weeks here because yeah. the title's clean. I love it. You so know. so that's that's why it's worth putting in the time to build the right network because it's going to present so many more opportunities and allow you to focus on the things that you really want to focus on. And if you keep working with these connections and you keep doing deals with them, even if you're doing most of the offering now, at some point, they're going to let you in on a deal. On Absolutely. You know, people that say they have, uh, that they're getting no deals, I say go to your local RIA, find some of the uh, top people around and say, how can I help you? What can I do? Yeah, because honestly, I mean, this is where, where my partner Chris and I are at too. Like, um, we're looking to get back into uh, the, to do some off-market wholesaling. wholesaling, right? So we're looking to find some off-market deals here. But honestly, candidly, we don't have the time to stuff envelopes, but we'd love to bring someone in to stuff envelopes. And uh, we could probably offer some some free mentoring, right? So you're going to learn the game. You're going to see how we market. And and that's a great way to get started, right? If you're willing to trade time in order to help somebody else out, then that would be a great strategy. So I'm going to pause right there when you mentioned time. That really got, got me. My answers on bigger pockets for most people was one of three things. I call it the three-legged stool approach. I like this. Okay. So if you want to be successful in real estate, you have to be solid at at least one of three things, okay? You need to be solid with the amount of time you can put in. If you can put in a lot of time, that's all you need. The other thing is experience, okay? If you have experience or knowledge, which most newbies don't, and that's fine. The third one is money, okay? If you're strong at one of those three things, you can do it in real estate. Yep. If you're not willing to be strong at any of those things, throw in the towel now. Right. Okay. So for most people, if they have no money, if they have no experience and knowledge, they need to put in time. They need to be driving out to properties for some of the bigger investors. They need to be bird dogging. They need to be flipping. They need to be wholesaling. They need to be doing something like that. Absolutely. If they have the money, but they don't have the time and they don't have the experience, they can be out there lending. Yeah, they can be they can be doing a ton of different things like that, but you need to be strong at one of those three. I mean, I've, you've never even heard this before. So I, just I haven't. So I'm, I'm sitting back and I've, I'm I'm resting my hand on my head and I'm, I'm <laughs> thoroughly listening. Um, but I agree with all points, right? So if you can be strong at one of those three three things, you can have success. But just because you start out and you have the time and you're willing to put in the work, doesn't mean that you can't shift, right? So and you can be strong at all three. The, you can. That's, that's where the, that's where uh, multimillionaires come from. Yeah. So if you're strong at all three, that's great. But also, it can be deal specific too. So maybe on one deal you put on the time, but maybe on another deal you put in the money, right? So you can allocate resources. So to give an example of that, um, I, I feel that I'm pretty good at all three. I'm not an expert at any of them, but right now there's a um, a, f- a fix and flip deal that I'm I just lent out 150 thousand on. Okay, so that's me with my money being put to work. Uh, There's another deal that I've been putting in the time. And sometimes I get into deals where I'm just putting in the experience and the knowledge and other people are putting in most of the other stuff. Right. So it can happen where you can be doing all three on different deals at once. Plus, like you said, being specific, I'm not an expert at industrial land. Right. You know, nor do I want to be. Right, but maybe you can bird dog that deal. Right. right. If you find an opportunity, experience. maybe you say, hey, listen, just throw me a referral fee. Right. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's see. Going down the uh, list of what's holding you back. Uh, some people wrote like career change and moving. 
So I've got a great story. I, I, I don't know if I want to say his name, but uh, there was a local investor who I hold in a very high regard. And, you know, he's recently moved to the southeastern United States, but he was up here for a couple of years. He was actually out in uh, southeastern Massachusetts, but decided to invest in Rhode Island, even though his job required him to fly across the country. He knew that he was going to move in a couple of years, but he still took the time to learn the market. He didn't use it as an excuse, and he still invests here today. Is this the guy that owns a three-family in East Providence? Yes. Uh, he's down Cape Cod? Yep, yep, yep. So... Um, I think he's now upwards of six units and he may own more, so I don't want to sell him short. Um, extremely intelligent. But again, you can't use that as an excuse because if you know that you have time or if you are moving, maybe you learn the new local market. If you're moving a week, a month down the road, you, you, have, you can learn a new local market. Um, if you have a career change, you still should be making money so you can still save, which in turn you can invest. But there's still opportunities there, guys. Right? So career change, you're still going to be making money. You still have an opportunity to invest. If you're moving, figure out if, you know, if you grew up in Rhode Island, you're very familiar with the, the local market and the cities and towns, that experience really helps you out. Or if you know that you move into a hot real estate market where you think you might be there for a while or interested to learn it, start reaching out and networking in that area. So uh, let's see. The next big excuse, I don't know if I mentioned it yet, uh, money. Yeah, that's a big one, right? That's a big one. So I can remember when I first started, I would always hear the savvy seasoned investors telling me, if you have the right deal, the money will follow. It's almost like Kevin Costner in the Field of Dreams, right? Where uh, the guy whispers, if you build it, they will come, right? It's the same thing. When you have a legitimate hot deal, the money is there. I agree 100%. So... I recognize it. it probably sounds a little bit backwards with Frank and I saying this right now because we're a few years down the road in our real estate journeys. Um, in the beginning, I honestly didn't believe it. And um, I can remember when uh, my partner Chris and I found our first uh, private money lender. It was amazing. In a couple of months, we took down a few different deals because we we're kind of hung up before that. Like, we're wholesaling. But... As soon as you have that door open because you know you have the money behind you, it becomes so much easier. So I'll be honest, that was definitely a mental barrier for me in the beginning of seeing these deals and being like, damn, how do we take these down? I would say that unless you're buying like a 200 unit property, that if it's a screaming deal, money is not the issue. Right. Okay. You will f If it's a screaming deal, you will find people to either invest with you, partner with you, loan you money something buy it off you and give you a little bit of a cut something. yeah so the first deal that we took down with this private money partner was a single family in central falls rhode island for 30 grand i was listing as a wholesale deal i actually had it under contract for twenty two thousand dollars and that's how the relationship started right um so rather than just making a quick wholesale fee that um, was not the cheapest house at the time either probably no it wasn't <laughs> crazy enough like people are probably listening 30 grand on a single family and uh Yes, it didn't need a full rehab, which we spent uh, $80,000 on, um, but there was money to be had on the back end. Um, but, I mean, that was case in point of bringing a wholesale deal and the money followed, right? And not just the money to buy the deal, but the money that allowed us to buy in as partners to make more money in the long run helping through the rehab versus just making that quick 8000 off the rip.
I, I love that Kevin Costner. If you find it, they oh, will if come. if you build I know, it, they if will you build come. it, they will come. But, but if saying, you, yeah, in the real estate, if, if you, you find, find it, it, the money, the money will come. come. <laughs> and, that, and that's a God's honest truth. It it, it truly is, um, particularly. So let, let's flip back to, you know, I'm in the wrong stage of the cycle, right? So if people think that they're in the wrong stage of the cycle, now you have that deal, right? In this late stage in your, in your seller's two market, the money will, you will find the money because people are like, they'll legitimately give their firstborn and left arm for deals right now. Yeah, they're falling over themselves. Right. So um, we can only make this podcast so long. So, right. so to, to, to cut it... Um, the last one that we'll talk about is just age and other excuses. Too young, too old, married, I'm a woman, all these other things that are just, like I said, excuses. So my favorite word on this podcast is bullshit, 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 <laughs> right? So um, a pat on the back is a foot away from a kick in the butt. I, I started at 22. I had no idea. I came out of college. I had a couple of pennies to rub together. Figured it out, right? And kept moving. And then, like, even continuing to build, like, um, I still got married along the way. I still had a child. I mean, Frank, you've got a similar story where you bought your first one, you had children, and then you, you, you ripped the doors off and, like, totally tackled it. So, um, too young is definitely not an excuse. And I would say, you know, too old is in there, too. Um, but we have, I mean, we have a great older investor that we work with at Lion. Um, I don't know if I want to use the word older. Um, but, you know, like, retirement age. But he loves he loves investing in real estate. Now he invested. He had a different strategy when he was younger, um, but now he's like focused on multifamilies. But he has a ton of fun with it because it leaves a legacy of wealth for your family. Hey, listen. One of my mentors, his name is Roy. Roy's in his seventies. Roy just got back from a trip from Italy. He owns probably as many units as I do, and he self manages. It's wild. And uh, right now, I think he's going up to a tennis clinic. Like I said, he's, he's in his 70s, yep. and he stays active. Well, it's probably because he's got that Google Drive document that Brooke uses. <laughs> <laughs> so then when he goes to Italy, they, they must have partnered on that Google Google Drive document to make sure the tenants were well-behaved. That's a joke from podcast episode 12. But, uh, yeah, no, all these excuses. So to go with the two young, uh, the bigger pockets, there are actually people that are signed up that are members of bigger pockets that are 16, 17, etc., and they're using that age as an excuse. Because it's the age of 18 before you can sign some legal documents, I guess. Stuff like that. And I told him, I said, that's still excuses. I said, right. you can be out there educating yourself now. I said, you can be out there. You can set up your own group with us. You can have like a young investors group. You can yeah. bring in people. I think, so to that point, I think when I was 16 was when I first read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I had an accounting teacher in high school. She said, rather than reading those five books of summer reading, which you're probably not going to read, you're probably going to read the Spark Notes actually read this one book and and i did and that's when like the mindset shift happened you could be you could be 17 years old and you could be out there sending mailers you could be out there putting door door knockers on people's doors you could be doing a bunch of things you, you might not be able to sign a contract but you can do everything else right you know you can you can meet people you can educate you can build an instagram you know, there's right. tons of different things you can do. You get social media market for, for other agents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And actually, so I've seen that locally. Um, I've seen a, a couple of seasoned real estate investors start to pick up some younger folks to work with them to help coach them on a social media front. So there's always, I mean, 
I'm bringing up quotes all day. I think Jay-Z says there's a million ways to get it, right? In one of his songs. So there's a million ways to make money in real estate. So too young is not an excuse because you can always partner with someone who's older, more seasoned, and maybe don't know the ways of you know younger investors or younger generations. So besides the top three on ways to overcome these things holding you back, um, just to go through it, um, we talked about time, experience, knowledge, and money. Uh, other big ones would be goals because uh, we've talked about goals. We've, we've hit goals over the head a few times and we've, we've crushed some goals. You know, other ones we're working on because sometimes we're just not making tough enough goals so we have to adjust them. Uh, networking, talked about a lot. Uh, partnering, and we've talked about partnering a lot. How about sacrifice? Sacrifice is a big one that we haven't talked about, but this relates to you know one of the Instagram posts that we had put up recently. Um, I can't remember which social media personality I picked it up from, but they talk about how the next 10 weeks, so we're standing here on, on June 21st, but the next 10 weeks are the most critical 10 weeks if you're looking to gain a leg up on your competition because if you're willing to sacrifice going to the beach or going to the cookout or going to play around at golf and you know picking up those three hours and investing it in your business or your side hustle, this is going to be the time of the year where you can gain the most ground on your competition while they're out at the beach or playing golf. So if you're willing to sacrifice something that you may enjoy to invest it back in what you're trying to grow, this is a great time of year to get that leg up. So hopefully not everybody shut off their uh, podcast when you said that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with enjoying yourself. Right. But we know people that are going to the beach three times a week. Sure. Okay. So if you're only doing it twice a week and you spend that one day on real estate, that's still a one day leg up. Okay. If you're going out to the bar four nights a week and instead you turn it into two nights a week, not only are you saving some money, but you're actually working for your own future. Yeah. So when we say sacrifice here, we're not talking about cutting off a finger or something like that. We're not talking about being stoic and, you know, becoming a hermit yeah. and staying in your house outside of working hours, right? Yeah. You can still enjoy things, but maybe in moderation and, and focus some of those hours that you save investing in the side hustle or what you really want to grow. There's a kid's book graphic novel for Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he talks about how he goes to the movies too much in the graphic yep. novel. And he says, you know what? I, get, I don't have to go to the movie every week. Right. You know, if I go to the movie movies uh, twice a month, that's more money I'm saving. That's more time I can do other stuff. And besides, there's not always amazing movies out. Right. You know, uh, let's see. So listening podcast motivation. And the last one I just want to focus on is being creative. Being creative. I, I think... Holding and leveraging a creative mindset is going to set you levels apart in real estate. So, rich dad, poor dad, if you think about it, what's the main thing he talks about? One of his main phrases is the difference between I can't afford it and how can I afford it. Yeah. Okay? If you find a great deal that you don't have to love the property, but if you love real estate or if you love the deal, you can be creative and find ways to make it happen. Yep. Okay, I have pulled money out of credit cards. I've talked to people that I haven't talked to in a year or two, and I've brought people together to make things happen. Right. You know, you have to be creative. Okay, it, not everything's going to be easy and vanilla. Right. You know. Absolutely. 
So guys, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you liked it, if you could share the podcast to the Facebook feed, give us a like on Instagram, um, share it with somebody else, share it with someone who you think you could help. Um, so in the meantime, in between podcasts, feel free to check out our website at www.cashflowkings.com or give us a like or follow on Instagram or Facebook under The Cashflow Kings. Here's to your success. The Cashflow Kings program is for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal, tax, or investment advice. Each person should consult their own advisors prior to making any financial decisions.